Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Nick Chino. I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate. It's Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? Hey, Nick. How you doing, buddy? Hello, everybody. Before we get going today, make sure you drop to the bottom of this video. You hit the like. You subscribe to our channel. You write a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can follow me at Red Coast Records on Instagram. You can follow Nick. Where? Where can they follow you? At The Walking Nick. You can follow us at Rock Squad Pod. I think that's pretty much it. How are you doing, man? (laughs) I'm good, man. You know, uh, I was actually just talking to our our guitar player, Mr. John Daly, setting up uh, some vocal sessions for us to finish these tunes we're working on. Um, So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's exciting. I can't wait to have those songs done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while so yeah we have a new song coming out we swear um uh so that's uh that's what's going on with me what about you what have you been up to you've been playing some guitar you've been playing some bass you've been writing some songs you know i've been i've been writing a lot i've been working on a b-side that we're that we're gonna yeah. start up. um doing things like that pulling up pulling up things that i can do on my end while we're still kind of apart from everybody yeah and uh, trying to organize lots of organization stuff i've been We've been, you know, we're getting ready to release a single and stuff in September. So we've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, research and a lot of, you know, filling in the blanks, a lot of yeah. finding people's emails and all that <laughs> stuff that you have to do when you put out new music. Yeah, but it's not that, just that. Yeah, just Plus, enjoying the weather. And- oh yeah, I was out for a drive and a and a walk with the dog earlier. It was great. Beautiful day out. And yeah, that's the thing with um. When you're putting out releases and maybe not everyone realizes it but you know if you're in a band and you're putting out a song uh we're obviously not on the the level of a lot of the bands that we talk about here on the show but um there's a lot of like you're saying research involved um of us putting together uh spreadsheets of contacts and spreadsheets sure. of radio people and spreadsheets of uh of blogs and different press that we can email uh and so even though we are in a band it's a very creative thing a very musical thing uh anybody who works in the music business knows that it can be very data oriented when you're looking at uh, putting spreadsheets together to cover all your bases and make sure that you got all your contacts and all your information together well it's interesting you know we've been we've been putting out music for like 20 years years, like (laughs) like 20 years but like really more than 20 years now dave we're old (laughs) And we've been pushing it properly for like, you know, 15 or so. And, uh, you know, it's every couple of years, everything gets shuffled up. Like, you know, from being in rate, working in radio that, you know, music directors change on a daily basis and, and the, you know, the, the gatekeepers, if you will, they all move around so often that it takes a lot to keep up. Um, if you take a, if you take a year off, you're, you're behind already. So it takes a lot to get, the business stuff back up to where it needs to be. But uh, I think, I think we've, uh, you know, we have a pretty good handle on it. We've been compl- com- <laughs> we've been putting together lists for years. So lists. now we kind of know what lists. lists. Need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. That's the hardest part. Like I wish, I wish our, our musical endeavors were just making music and making art and being creative, but there's a lot of grinding it out to try to get put, put asses in seats and get songs on radio. So it's just part of the game that you got to play. If you don't have somebody doing it for you, you got to do it yourself, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Well, yeah, we got new music coming out soon, but let's get to this week's Rock Squad podcast. First, we're going to get into our opening act topics. These are some of the latest topics happening right now in the world of rock music news. And the first opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast is Kurt Cobain's Childhood Home 
is opening for tours. His home in uh, that he grew up in Aberdeen, Washington, was added to the state's heritage register and is being restored completely uh, for being used for private tours. Kurt lived in the house from 1968 to 1984, and there are still some really cool household items in the uh, in the place that were owned by Kurt Cobain when he lived there as a as a kid. So, Dave, what what are you thinking about this? Do you think it's cool that uh, in Aberdeen, Washington, they'll have a place where you can go and uh, you know, revel in the history of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, man, I think it's awesome. Like I've been, I've been to Motown a bunch of times in Detroit and they've done a really good job of like keeping uh, Barry Gordy's house above Motown. Right. Like how it was, the, like, it, I think it's still the same way it was the day they moved Motown to LA. Like it's the, they still even changed. have like a, no, yeah, they still even have like a, like a crib for their kid. Like, so it's very, you know, and I love shit like that. Even when you go to Motown, there's like the candy bar machine where Stevie Wonder used to get his Zoe Henry's or Baby Roots, you know? So like, and like the button's worn out from him pushing the button. So I love, I love shit like that. Obviously this house will be a little bit uh, more subdued than Motown records. But uh, I think if you're a diehard fan, like just like when you go to England and you want to go see the rooftop where the Beatles played or where, you know, any of that stuff, like it's, yeah, if you're a fan of it, I think it's fantastic. And it's, uh, it's great that they made it like a historical home and that they're going to put some money into it to make it a whole thing. But let's be fair. It's no Graceland. So it's, yeah. like, like it's a little house on a, on a quiet wet street in, in uh, near Seattle. So yeah, it's what it is. I think there's a lot of diehards that would love just to be in the, in that space and to breathe the air in that space. For sure. And uh, if I'm in Seattle, I'd probably go check it out too. So I, I'm a fan yeah. of it. I like it very like that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Beatles. Uh, it, this reminded me of uh, when you go to John Lennon's house on Men Love Avenue in Liverpool. I went to I went to the house. I didn't go on the tour inside the house, um, but we did the whole Beatles thing when we were in Liverpool. We went to John Lennon's house. Uh, we didn't go to Paul or Ringo's or George's house, but we went to you know the church where Paul and George or John met. Uh, in 1957 or 1958, you know, we went to Penny Lane, we went to Strawberry Fields, um, and it was really cool. There's so much. Well, Liverpool definitely takes advantage of the fact that oh, we went to the Cavern Club. Uh, we sure. it, Liverpool definitely takes advantage of the fact that there's so much history uh, with Beatles involved there, not just Beatles, but also other you know Mersey beat music that came out in the early 60s. Uh, sure. So it is cool, and there aren't a lot of places like you're saying, Graceland or uh, you know uh, Motown. Uh, there aren't a lot of places that you can make the pilgrimage to these real life historical places where these uh, these incredible people grew up. And there really is something special about feeling like you're on that hallowed ground where, you know, Kurt sure. Cobain was 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 forming, where he played his first guitar, where he was listening to his first music. And it was the same thing when uh, when we went to Liverpool. It was just very, very cool to be in this place that, it, you know, is so steeped in history when we, you know, we walked across Abbey Road and all that stuff. It's the same thing. Right. So, um, yeah, it's very cool. And so if I'm in, ever in Aberdeen, Washington, this is something uh, that I would want to do. I also think they're, they're opening up a cafe or they're opening up an exhibit at a cafe nearby that it's going to have more information about Kurt Cobain's uh, childhood and his, his growing up. So that's going to be. Yeah. I think uh, the stuff with the um, museum, like with the cafe and stuff, I think there was a traveling art exhibit with Kurt Cobain stuff. And I think that's kind of some of the stuff that they're going to, uh, to put in there. So it would be, it'd be super interesting because the exhibit looked really cool. There's like, there's the creature on the back of uh, Nevermind picture on like the, like the red picture 
like that little guy, I think it's like a lizard or something with a backpack on or something weird that it's like a picture Kurt took, but that, that, that whatever it is, I can't remember what it is, but whatever that is, um, it was on display at a, on a traveling thing with a bunch of guitars, a bunch of clothes and shit like that. So yeah, man, little memorabilia here and there, a little hard rock cafe vibe. You know, people love seeing shit like that. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be cool. So if you're ever in Aberdeen, Washington, uh, make sure to stop by the uh, the Kurt Cobain house. So let's get to our next opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast. And that Our Lady Peace have announced uh, Spir- Spiritual Machines 2. This is the direct sequel album to their 2000 uh, record, which was called Spiritual Machines. Uh, this new album is produced by Dave Sitek of TV on the radio, who's worked with a lot of different people over the years. He produced one of the PDI records uh, with Liam Gallagher. Uh, and this new record is going to continue to explore the themes a futurist author, Ray Kurzweil, uh, the band released a song already from the record called Stop Making Stupid People Famous, which is a great <laughs> title for a song, uh, which also features Pussy Riot on there as well. So the whole album is going to be released this fall. There's no specific uh, release date. Um, Dave, I was I was really excited to actually hear this news because, uh, you know, we're both, we were, I think, growing up relatively big Our Lady Peace fans. I think we've dropped off over sure. the last years or so. Uh, you know, I wasn't really into a lot of the stuff they put out of the last maybe 10 years or so. Uh, but I'm excited for this because Spiritual Machines was a great record. I feel like that was the end of an era for Our Lady Peace because that was the last record that featured Mike Turner on a guitar before they they changed things up. I enjoyed some of the records after that, but they definitely moved in a more of a pop rock direction than some of the alternative rock they were doing on the first uh, on the first four records. Uh, this song, even though I like the, uh, the title of Stop Making Stupid People Famous, this is very different. Uh, for Our Lady Peace. I don't know if you saw the video, but Rain made us like dancing in the video. It's a cool video. The song actually grew a little bit on me by the time it was over, but very different for Our Lady Peace. I'm I'm always saying that you should always let bands explore whatever musical direction is best for them, and you shouldn't uh, have any expectations for them to sound like they used to, and that's still sure. Our Lady Peace, but I feel, I feel like even though they are doing new things, I'm not necessarily 100%. Uh, on board and I'm hoping that the rest of the record is a little bit more what I'm looking for yeah I'm very excited to uh, hear what they have cooking I know they have a great production team involved uh, Maddie Green uh, I think is either mixing or engineering on it and uh, he's he was responsible for the last Royal Blood release and it definitely has a tone definitely a different vibe than most records going on right now so it'll be interesting to see how Our Lady Peace uh, embraces that, and if it's for the best or for the worst, we're going to have to wait and hear the record, but I, like you, feel the same way that this is a record, uh, the first Spiritual Machines kind of capped off an era of music for us, and uh, they continue to make, they, they've continued to make music since Spiritual Machines, but of course, Mike left the band, and then of two records later, later uh, Jeremy left the band, so now it's pretty much just Duncan and Rain, who are the two guys in that band that get the And Steve. Done. And, and and steve yeah but like you know what i mean like yeah he's after mike though yeah and uh yeah so it's you know it's it it'll be interesting mm-hmm. i uh, i like the idea the concept of uh, you know making songs around a writer that has some you know futuristic views and and stuff like that about society but uh yeah like i think they needed to freshen things up a little bit in that band i think like you said the last 10 years have been a little this is what we do this is our band and it didn't really push an envelope, didn't really spark anything under me. I think they kind of were just catering to old fans. And as a fan of their old stuff, it's nice to see that they're trying to do something different 
and trying to make a go of uh, a new direction, which is cool with me. Yeah, same here. I'm 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 excited to listen to the record. The the single uh, wasn't great for me. I have to give it a couple more listens, but yeah, I'm excited to hear the record. I'm excited that they're doing a sequel to a record that we love. Not a lot of bands yeah. do that or continue a, a continuing concept. Uh, you know, 20 years later after the release of a, an original record. So I'm really excited for that. And obviously it'll feature the uh, the sounds of Ray Kurzweil, uh, you know, doing his, in between the songs, you know, sure. machines, you know. And I was actually reading that a lot of the predictions that he made on that record, and I guess in, in his literature as well at the time, a lot of it's come true. <laughs> a yeah. lot of oh, yeah. logical advances and a lot of the different things that have happened over the last 20 years have come true. Uh, so we'll see if this one can uh, continue to predict the future. Yeah, we'll, we'll see 20 years from now what happens. We'll see what happens. So uh, we'll get to our next opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast, and that is Third Eye Blind. I've released a new song called Bag of Bones. This is their first new song since the release of their record in 2019 called Screamer, which I thought was a great album. Uh, the new song is it's a little bit softer. If you've heard Third Eye Blind, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it is a little bit more of a builder uh, that showcases Stephen Jenkins' lyrics and his voice and his ear for melody, which is cool. It builds up a little bit at the end um, into something cool. So I enjoyed that. The new song is going to be from a new album called Our Band Apart, which is going to be released on September the 24th. Um, did you listen to this song, Dave? What did you think? Yeah, man. You're, yeah, you're right on the money. It's a little bit of a, of a builder and it's, uh, yeah, it's a, sh- it's a showcase song. Of, you know, artists need to do that every once in a while. They can't just write what everybody wants to hear. They got to write a little bit of what they want to put out there. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what that song, like that, the vibe that I got from it was like, so it's kind of not, I'm not going to say it's selfish, but it's a little self-serving, I think, as a, as a, as a writer. And I get it. You got to do those. But um, I personally don't like when people do those as singles. Like, I don't mind if I get an album and I got a couple good singles and a couple of those thrown in. But when you when you do lead singles like that, I feel like maybe, you know, they're one of those bands, you know, he takes himself pretty seriously. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that the song is a good song. So, yeah, it's not, to me, it wasn't a great single, but um, that doesn't mean it's not going to be a great record. They, they, you know, they have great catchy songs on almost all the records. So, so. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's a self-serving single, but uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm definitely going to check out the full thing when it's released. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, their yeah. the last record, Screamer, was uh, was really good. Top notch. Yeah. Lots of great songs on it. The production was really cool. Um, so yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think it's a great choice for a single either. Um, yeah. You know, I would prefer to hear a great big rock single, which I know the record yeah. will probably have. I'm sure. Uh, but they also said that it was recorded in quarantine, so it's going to be different than some of their other records, and that was the whole sure. thing. And that's fine sure. too. So they can they can go in whatever direction they want, and I'll go with it. Like I've said on on the show before, that I'm that guy that's a fan of those you know those '90s bands that people consider to be one hit wonders or two or three hit wonders. I'm always the guy saying there's more. There's so much more than those those couple of songs that you know. So Third Eye Blind is so much more than Semi Charm Life and. Uh, sure. you know, how's it going to be and all those songs. Like, they have so many great songs, and they do. Um, so yeah. I'm thinking they're, they're still going to have some more, you know, good ones in the hopper. So I was hoping this would be a little bit more, more rocky, and I was hoping that uh, it would be a little bit more uh, attention-grabbing right off the bat, but still cool. Uh, it's very typical Third Eye Blind. They have a lot of acoustic kind of songs like that. So I wasn't surprised that they did something like that. It just maybe wasn't a great great choice to get everybody excited for the new record. 
Sure, man. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I, I nerd out over those old '90s one-hit wonders band. I was I was in a in a feed the other day talking to Tony from Fastball. So like oh, I'm all about the old, the old Fastball. The old, like, oh yeah, me too, man. And so like I'm uh I'm right up your alley when that's uh when that's the case. Like I I want to hear about uh, what they're up to and what they're putting out. It, it, if I like three or four of your songs, I'm probably gonna like 20 of them. So exactly, you know, yeah. it's like the way it goes, right? Yeah. Songwriters. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you can check out the new uh, single from Third Eye Blind right now. It's called Bag of Bumps. Cool. The record, Our Band Apart, comes out on September the 24th. We're going to get to one more open-hat topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast, and that is Tim Comerford has re- uh, released a new line of bass guitars right up uh, Mr. Marini's alley right here because he is the bass master himself. Uh, so the Rage Against the Machine bassist is releasing his own line of Ernie Ball Stingray bass guitars. Dave has also played some Stingrays in his uh, in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be limited to 2,000 or 200 uh, units worldwide at $3,000 a pop. Uh, some of the bases are going to be passive. Some will be active. Some will have long headstocks. Some will have some shorter headstocks or uh, necks. Um, so, you know, Dave, I'm going to completely defer to you on this one because <laughs> you're the base man. What do you think of this? Uh, well, uh, so some, some history about this. Uh, originally, he was using Music Man basses when Rage sure. started. Yeah, so he's he's been playing Ernie Balls for a long time, and then he switched over. He's playing jazz basses for a while. Uh, shout out to all my jazz bass players out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it's you know he's been. They came to him. I like I've been following this for a while. Uh, they came to him a couple of years ago when Rage started doing shows, and were like, "Have you thought about playing uh, this this new line of basses?" He was hesitant. Uh, but they, you know, they kept pushing and he asked for a couple and then it turned out when he was doing the profits of rage thing, he was pretty much using exclusively, um, these, these new Ernie balls that they are stingrays that they've been making a little bit different than the older ones. I think they have two big humbuckers instead of the one humbucker. Like you said there, I think they're like, extend, like the neck's a little longer on one. Um, you know what I mean? He, I, I think he only, he uses four string exclusively. So uh, it should be a four-string bass. Three thousand dollar price tag's a little steep in my books for a signature bass, uh, but I think they're getting away with it for the fact that they're not doing a mass production. That it's only two hundred. Um, no one will ever fight the craftsmanship and the and the way that those guitars are built or those basses are built. Like they they know what they're doing and they're worth every penny that you pay for them. Um, but it is a lot of money. This isn't this isn't a bass that you're uh nine-year-old's gonna want for christmas you know what i mean you may want it but it's not the one that's under the tree so i think for people that are you know into rage and uh people that have full-time jobs or (laughs) rich adults that want to have that thing or i'm sure they're going to be great guitars so i'm sure they're going to sound great so if you're uh, just a bass player and you're looking for something tasty and and new on the market that you know that might be where you go uh for me personally I'm going to stick to knockoff Stingrays and playing Fender jazz basses. But uh, that doesn't mean that if one were to show up at my door, I wouldn't plug it in and have a fucking ball. So good for him. I hope they do maybe maybe align with the Sterling series on Ernie Ball, which is like the step down from the sting or the, the main Stingray. It's like their, their Epiphone to Gibson kind of series, uh, which is always more cost efficient. I think like a normal Stingray is going for 1500 bucks and a Sterling would go for like 900 to 1200 kind of thing. So if they can get it into that price point or if they can do something even cheaper for a mass production, 
and you know sell it for the $8.99, $9.99 kind of thing, it would be great for everyone. And I would be more likely to pick it up than spending the 3K on uh, on the new Ernie Ball. Yeah, in 20 years, I've never spent <laughs> even remotely close yeah. to that on an instrument. Maybe I should have by now, but uh, it's, it's yeah. a would you would like if you were gonna get one, would you get one with like the longer neck or the shorter neck? Because they had like a couple of different ones. I would do right now if I were to if I were to ask for one, yeah, I would definitely get an active one uh with the, with the longest neck possible. That yeah. would be my you know, I've 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 switched over to uh passive bases the last uh, 10 years and uh I you know I could definitely use it in my arsenal for recording and things like that, but I don't know, three I three UK is a, a steep price tag to get something that, you know, the active bases have come down quite a bit in the last 15 years. So, you know, the, the, the 3K price tag is not up my alley. They have great electronics. They make great bases, but I think it's a little steep for your average everyday player. But, hey, good on him, and it's a great company to be associated with, and I'm sure he'll do more over the years. Yeah, for sure. Very exciting. Yeah. Looking forward to the, yeah. the new baseline from Ernie Ball. Sure. Tim Comerford. So those are our opening ad topics for this week's Rock Squad podcast. Let's get to this week's headliner topic on the uh, on the podcast, and that is ZZ Top have returned to the stage after the death of their bass player Dusty Hill. Uh, the rock will not stop for ZZ Top. You see what I did there? That was pretty good. Thanks, guys. I love it. I love it. I'm here all night. Returned. Uh, they, these guys returned to touring after the death of bass player Dusty Hill, who passed away last week at the age of 72, I believe. We talked about it on the show. Uh, very sad because he had such an incredible career in music. Uh, but the band actually received uh, Dusty's blessing to continue on with the tour uh, because he had stepped off a couple of dates before, before he passed away. And his whole thing was like, the show must go on. So Billy Gibbons and Frank Beard, have continued their tour with guitar tech Elwood Francis filling in on, on bass. So, you know, Dave, this is, I don't know if there's been much of a debate about this online because everybody's always like, well, you know, if a member of a band passes away, they should mourn them for, you know, months and months and months. And, you know, if, if they should take some time off to do whatever, you know, try to find somebody new or whatever. But I think with ZZ Top, we kind of talked about this on the show last week, is that these guys, they're road dogs. This is what they do. This is what they've done for 50 years. And it's their 50th anniversary tour. It's really unfortunate that Dusty passed away, but it just makes sense that these guys would keep going. You know, these guys don't know uh, anything else. And it's obvious that Dusty Hill was of that same mindset. Uh, yeah these guys should keep going no matter what, if he passed away or not, that they should keep on going. So it's no surprise that they would just pick up the torch and keep rocking because these guys have been doing it for 50 plus years. And it's no surprise to me. I dude, I feel 100% the same way you do about this. Um, I think it's awesome that he gave the blessing to move forward and you're right. They're road dogs. Like these guys realize that it's just not them and their families. Like, you know, they've probably got a crew of 15, 20 people that are out all the time that are working with them that, you know, put things on and they, it's been their family for 50 years, probably. And uh, they know they're like you said, they're, they're road guys. Um, it's how they live their life. Like, could you imagine you've, you've been doing something for 50 years, being on the road nine months out of the year, every year. And then, you know, because a member passes away, that completely stops. And I think he, he, like, they were very aware of that. And I'm glad that he gave the blessing. Obviously, it won't be the same without Dusty Hill, but um, it allows 
the the band to be a family and to move forward it isn't like they just threw some random in it's a it's a guitar tech for the last 35 years that's moved into his place so you know the guy knows all the songs he's part of the family as long as there's a blessing and as long as they're okay to keep going i'm i'm 100 behind it this isn't uh you know a, a rogue member that has to be replaced or something it's sad that he's died but you know the guy's in his 70s or 80s it's gonna happen i'm sure they've talked about this in the past they're all pretty old so uh, like what would happen if something were to happen um that frank beard has been in some close calls over the over the over the life of that band so they're lucky to even have the three piece for the 50 fucking years that they've been in a band so the fact that he was uh, considerate enough and humble enough to be like you know what guys this is bigger than me this is easy tops a family there's 20 of us involved we've been on the road for 50 years you got to keep it going like I, I bet you he died happy knowing that his songs are going to be played for the next however many years yeah. in that environment with that family with that crew so good on him for not being a dick good on zz top for keeping it going and here's to another 50 years yeah totally what do you what do you think would happen with a band like the stones though if it was what if ron wood passed away if ron wood passed away knock on wood we don't want him to yeah. pass away for a very long time but or like Charlie, I'm not going to say Mick or Keith because I feel like they have to be there. <laughs> Maybe they all have to be there. But what if Ron Wood passed away, theoretically? Would the Stones keep going? I think they would keep going. I think they would keep going with Ron. Yeah. I think Char Charlie, Mick, or Keith, Dunzo. Yeah. But Ron, Ron's like one of the, you know, like, you know, it's like he, you know, I know he's oh, man, we're gonna get so killed because we're like, Ron Wood. <laughs> it feels like we're, <laughs> it feels like we're being. No, I know, but it's, you know, like, uh, it's like when their bass players died or when, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. They've had so many people coming and going. Obviously, uh, when Brian passed away, they kept, they kept going too, right? So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. In the 80s, they kept going too, so. Exactly, right? So, I, I think that those three guys are kind of the money in that band. Like, obviously, Ron, like, to me, Ronnie will always be part of the thing, but um, you know, he all, he already had a career with the faces and Ron Stewart and all that shit. So I think like, if he were to, if he were to hit it, it would be, uh, it would be kind of like, well, we'll fill the gap, uh, just because again, it's such an entity, like it's such a big production and there's so many people involved. I think it would just be, you know, like, and, and this is another thing. Is he like, is he a paid player or is he like a member of the band? Like how is How's that band split up? You know what I mean? He's probably not getting the same cut as Keith. So it, it's one of, you know what I mean? Like, is he a hired gun? That's just, song, so. Exactly, right? So as long as Charlie Keith and, uh, and Mick are hanging out, I think that that's going to keep going. Uh, now, that being said, I don't think uh, he would want it to end either. I think he's a road guy that's been on tour his whole life, and he knows how many people are involved and how hard it is to keep those things kind of going. Uh, the Stones are definitely bigger than him, I think, you know? Um, until until Keith and uh, Mick kick the bucket i think we're gonna have stones tours every four years and at least they're not saying their farewell tours anymore. like you know remember kiss kiss has been on like nine farewell tours yeah i'm so sick of hearing about kiss being on a goddamn farewell tour like take a break so you know I mean? <laughs> totally yeah well yeah. you know the show must go on i suppose in most instances especially with these older bands as they're getting older you know keep it going as long as yeah. you can keep rocking keep, keep it going man squeeze that sponge until you're until you're tired of squeezing man there's no rules 
Totally. Well, that is our headliner topic for this week's Rock Squad podcast. Let us know what you thought of any of the topics on this week's show in the comments. Uh, we would love to have a discussion and create a community and talk about rock music with you guys. So definitely let us know uh, what you thought of this week's uh, Rock Squad podcast and the topics. But we're going to wrap up the show. Before we do that, we got to do our tracks of the week. Dave, my track of the week is from a band, or actually it's a, it's just a guy, but the Mags or M-A-G-S um, is the name of a band. Star, the guy's name is Elliot Douglas. Um, but this band I've been discovering on uh, on uh, Spotify, kind of an indie rock uh, band. This song's called Wait, which is a brand new single. I think it came out last Friday. Very cool, sunny indie rock track. So that is my track of the week. Cool, man. Yeah, I got kind of an odd one. I've been, uh, you know, summer vibes. I've been sitting outside a lot. And I've been listening to a lot of goofy music lately, like just silly. Like goofy? Uh, you mean like oh, the Disney's goofy? Yeah. Uh, so I've been listening to like like bands like the B-52s and stuff nice. the last little bit. So I'm going to go with the B-52s Love Shack. Because what's better than that? Oh, that's a great song. Love Love Shack. Right? Like, it's a killer song. We're talking about B-52s. Killer. Great stuff. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, that's it for the Rock Podcast. Check out our... There we go. We're back. Sorry. It like shut off for a second. Then it came back. Did you finish your thought? Yeah, no, I, I was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just didn't know if you could hear me or that I was still on. All right. Those are our tracks of the week. And that is it for this week's Rock Squad podcast. Uh, as always, you can follow us online at Rock Squad Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at The Walking Nick. Where can the folks follow you, Dave? You can follow me, Red Coast Records, at Instagram. You can follow me, Red Coast Records, on Facebook. You can follow us, foolsunion.com, for all of our music everything happening with our band new single coming soon get ready for that uh make sure you like this video make sure you subscribe to this channel fuck man it's what a day what a day we've had today it was so good to see it you too it was good to talk about rock so we'll of course see everybody for another episode of the rock squad uh, podcast next week but in the meantime rock on dave rock on see you guys